Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Michael Jacobs. We believe today's message will help you walk in faith and have victory now. person. I'm a 
so the Lord dealt with me this morning about tonight's message and, and began to speak to me concerning the gifts of the Spirit. Because when you think about it, the gifts of the Spirit, what the gifts, in, in essence, in what, I'm, what I, we said the theme of the meeting was the anointing, uh, it's, a, it's a spurt of the anointing flowing through a human to somebody else. It's an element of the anointing. If you don't have anointing, you don't know you don't get words of knowledge. You don't get you don't get prophetic words. You don't get uh, you know other operation in the spirit because all that is governed by the Holy Ghost. That's the anointing. So I'm just trying to help you see, you know, I'm not sitting there thinking, boy, you know, I mean, like I said, any of these preachers up here could uh, preach and do as good a job as me. I just happen to be in my place of responsibility, so there's a little bit more responsibility on me. Does that make me better, greater? (laughs) Trying to help you understand I'm a real person. But see, when I hook up with Dr. Brain, I determined all that before I ever said, I want you to speak into my life, sir. I didn't have to go say, I wonder what I just said to him and worry about it for three years. I just said, and I said, I'm just shooting my mouth off in front of you. I'm being honest with you, Dad. I'm going to walk in it and prove it to you. I know words are cheap. You probably heard it from 50 other people that said they were going to be loyal and committed. And they just burnt you like a fried piece of toast. I never told him that twice. One time settled it for me forever. <laughs> you know, if you start thinking like that and you start living like that, uh, your marriage becomes greater. Your ability to govern your children becomes greater. Because at the very least, they have an example of integrity before them. It doesn't mean I've done everything correctly or right. I've had to repent. But I'm a committed person to stand by my word. And most people never stand by anything. There's a few, but not many, in my opinion. So we got we got some growing up to do in this area. Hallelujah. That's all free. And I'm talking, I want to talk to you about the working of miracles tonight. And I'm going to be bold to say this right up front. You know, whatever kind of a miracle you think you might need, if you'll listen to me for, give me, no, I don't know, I'm not going to put a time limit, maybe 45 minutes, maybe an hour. What difference would it make if I kept you to 10 and everybody left with a miracle? I'm not trying to wear you out. <laughs> you know, thank you. It is my meeting. And I try, to, I try to govern things. No, I'm serious. I appreciate that. You know, I even hesitate to have two speakers in morning. I've been in meetings, man, they just wore me to a frazzle because they try to uh, put too much in one meeting and you just get fried. I mean, it was revolutionary for me 30 years ago, but I've learned a better way to do it. If you got something to say, you could do it in less time with less speakers and it all work out. And hopefully it's not like this in our camp here. I don't think, I think you can tell from the, what the people are sharing. We honor one another. Somehow, though, Pastor Sandy, I think tonight the Lord is going to minister to you, and I haven't, I haven't gotten an update for you, and I don't want you to tell me right now about your body. You have talked to me in the past down in Nashville. We talked a little bit about your organs and different things in Vanderbilt, and they're trying to help me. But I just feel like you got a miracle tonight coming. I just want to tell you that in the beginning. The, not the whole service isn't for him, but it's definitely for him. And I can say the same for everybody if you have, if you need a miracle. I don't get in this particular anointing uh, all the time, but I'm in the zone right now with this. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're going to talk about uh, the gifts of the Spirit, but in particular, in just a second, I'm going to talk to you about the working of miracles. Uh, I want to quote a couple of things. Brother Hagin. Primarily, it might be something by somebody else. Most of it's by Brother Hagin I want to tell you about. 
Corinthians 12. Did I ask you to turn there? All right, just wait on me and I'll be, I'm, I'm there, but I mean, I'm going to read something in a minute. But 1 Corinthians 12, we'll start in verse 1 in just a minute, but let me quote something. Jesus told Kenneth E. Hagin in a vision, the bolder he was to declare his anointing upon him, the stronger it would operate. Now, that would indicate to me, I mean, this, uh, I'm just going to say it because it helps elaborate what he means. You've got to figure that out. What are you anointed to do? And then you're going to have to have confidence in your own anointing. I don't think I'm going to have time to get to, you know, one of the thoughts I had about this meeting. I may get to it tomorrow night. We'll just have to see. But, you know, uh, you don't need to turn there. I'm just talking a minute. But Romans 11, 13 or 13, 11 says, Paul said, I magnify my office. And I was doing some studying on this earlier in the week and last week and prepare for this meeting, thinking I might minister along that line one night or at least a portion of that. I magnify my office. Notice he didn't say I magnify myself, <laughs> but I magnify my office. And I think that's part of what Brother Hagin is saying. And the one translation of that in Romans says, I put pressure on what God has given me. Paul said, I'm putting pressure on that in my own life. One time he got real bold and said, I'm not the least among the apostles, you know, whatever, something like that. I don't know. And then he rebuked Peter. I mean, he's a pretty strong uh, person. Uh, I'm talking about Brother uh, Paul. Jesus told Timothy Hagen in a vision, the bolder he was to declare the anointing upon him, the stronger it would operate. And then Brother Hagen says this, Be mindful not to grieve the Spirit, for that will weaken the anointing. Now, he didn't mean right when you're in the pulpit. He just meant live your life in such a way to not grieve the Spirit of God, for that will weaken the anointing. So you've you got to ask yourself, am I doing anything? This is the way I'm thinking. I'm just a thinker person. Uh, am I doing anything that's grieving the Spirit in my life? But you may not be smoking and drinking and running around watching bad movies and running around on your wife or husband, but may be a gossip, or you may be in strife, or you might just be mean when nobody's looking to somebody else. You may not talk to your husband correctly, or your wife, or whatever. So, you see, what I'm saying is you grieve the Spirit in all kinds of areas, but if you do grieve the Spirit and you don't repent, then you're going to weaken the anointing. Whatever you do have is going to get weaker. See, we're talking about the anointing this week, aren't we? I'm giving you a clue here. Don't grieve the Spirit. Be conscious of the Spirit within you. And if he says don't do that, don't do that. All right. I mean, one time we had a great meeting here. It was just one of those, I mean, I'd like to have a meeting like that every every service. Push all the buttons, the lever, wow. But uh, And then a bunch of our young people went down to the movie house down here to watch a movie. I don't care what movie they went to see. They shouldn't have been putting themselves in a movie theater after coming out of that kind of anointing. I got up in the next service and told them, if you keep doing that to me, you won't get anything from God or me. I mean, I may lay hands on you because I don't know how you're living, but it's not getting to you. Remember, like Pastor Keith was saying, he's pouring out, He will, but you've got to be a receptive person. All right, just talking. Uh, Brother Hagin again, he's the one that made these comments. I'm just talking to you. If the anointing starts waning, getting weaker, that's what I would call it, spend time fasting and waiting on God and it'll come back. Hallelujah. My spiritual father said, put more value on the anointing than on money. See, that spiritual son to Dr. Dufresne was in California, but he had all these prearranged gigs, I call it, with churches that knew him. To get money, he called himself a missionary just because he lived in a foreign country. You can think about that a little bit. It might help you. But anyway, no matter what you call yourself or what God calls you, but that's pimping your anointing. And then to call dad, your dad and not come or be in, in California for a whole week and not even show up at the last service. I didn't feel a bit sorry for him when doctor looked at him. And it wasn't my place to say anything to him. He wasn't my son. 
But the next time he called and wanted to come here, I questioned him. I thought you were Dr. Dufresne's son. Well, I am. I said, well, I, I, uh, I, I see that you go all over the world, and, I, and, you're in, and somebody told me you're in two, three, or four, five, six, eight camps. Well, you know, I'm a missionary. I said, well, I don't think I want to have you for that mentality because you're confused. I don't want you spilling that over on my people. You preachers need to hear me. You better be sure who you have in your pulpit because not only is what they teach, what the average preacher thinks, but what's in the person gets conveyed. And you've got a scatter load that just runs from family to family. The church tramp trying to get money. What's about believing God to get money for your ministry? It's nothing wrong with having money and plenty of it, but it's something wrong when you pimp your own spiritual father and don't show up for his meeting. And out preaching on the same week, you know, contending with him in the same city. I don't know, it just runs sound rough on me. I'm just talking here. Brother Hagin made this comment, and I'm going to move on now. A couple other things he said. The anointing will flow. This was profound. I never heard anybody ever say that. I've never, I would have never had this thought without him putting it on paper. Brother Hagin says the anointing will flow according to the direction you go. I said it like this, whatever I'm preaching on, I believe God to confirm it. It's the same thing, but he made that distinction. The anointing will flow the direction you go. So tonight I'm teaching on miracles. And I fully believe in, in my heart and in faith that God will confirm that word for whoever gets up here when we begin to minister if you have a need of a miracle. You may have a sin in your life that keeps popping up and you don't know how to get rid of it. Well, you can get delivered tonight if you need that. Hallelujah. Because miracles operate in that creative order of God. A healing is a gradual, sometimes more than likely a gradual. Sometimes you get an instant manifestation in divine healing or gifts of healings. But I'm really not talking about that as much as I'm talking about working of miracles. That comes out of the Spirit and comes out of that creative part of God. He has the ability to create something wasn't there before, or to remove something from you that needs removed. <laughs> you heard Pastor Keith get up. I appreciated his vulnerability to say, I've been pastoring 17 years, never filled my church up once. Made some corrections. He talked, at least in part, about the prophecy that we gave him. I've done the very same thing. I'm not writing him out. He told it public. I had it under a pile of papers, and I came across it, he said, Two years later, he said, oh, my gosh. And the Lord said to him, what are you going to do about that prophecy? <laughs> See, it's no wonder we stumble and fall and stumble and fall and hit your head and bang your nose and, and be broke and all the other stuff that goes on with humanity if you're not paying attention. I don't just spurt things out because I think this would be a cute idea to give this person a word. I'm very delicate, very precise, and I try to be more accurate than I've ever been and, and just be sure that I'm hearing from heaven. Or sometimes pastor gets the first part, and when she feels led to do that, we're not trying to get that to operate by me saying that. Where she'll come speak in tongues, then I'll interpret. Hallelujah. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 1. <clears throat> now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. And we could translate this better by saying, Now concerning the things that pertain to the Spirit, brethren, I would not have you ignorant or uninformed or misinformed. Any of those words would fit there. My dad used to say stupid. That was his favorite word for, you know, uh, ignorant. But, but whatever you want to say is fine. But notice now concerning these things are for now. And every time you say it, it updates it to then. Present tense is what my point is. And so these gifts are for us, and God wants us to understand what they are, how they operate, and doing our part to cooperate with the Spirit. Hallelujah. And it took me a long time to figure some of this out. I mean, I've been in this 40 years. So I'm talking from some, somewhat some level of experience and, and tenure under me, you might say. Have you ever missed it? Of course I have. But I just keep on plowing and learning more and repent if I've missed it and move ahead. Yeah. I, w 
was in a church in Olathe, and Pastor Keith, you were with me, I think, and Pastor Hernandez, a Hispanic pastor, got up to preach the first service Friday night, and I got up to say something, and all of a sudden, I was overcome by the Holy Ghost. And I said, there's somebody here that has erratic fluid levels in your liver. And then my brain took over, and I went, oh, my gosh, what did I just say? I felt like I was a medical student. I don't know anything about erratic fluid levels in your liver. And the pastor, Pastor Keith, you were there. He was sitting right over here by the, well, the pastor was up interpreting, but he was sitting right there. He ran over to me, stood up, and lifted his hands and laid hands on him. And he fell out. And then he left after the service. We normally would have dinner with him. He's, he lives in another city. I preached for him one time. And, uh, and he didn't call me or anything. I'm thinking, well, erratic fluid levels in the liver. Eight months later, he calls me. I said, it's about time. He said, well, I went to the hospital that day on that Friday. You were coming to Olathe to preach. And, they, and he's extra addict like me. And they said, you got erratic fluid levels in your liver. You're, you are in serious trouble, buddy. You need to come back Monday. We've got to do some more extensive tests. But it's a bad situation for you. I didn't know I didn't know there was even such a thing as erratic fluid levels in your liver. I, I bet you all learned something tonight. I don't think I'll probably have that word maybe again in my lifetime. But I was just obedient. And then when I said what I said, my brain kicked in. And I thought, what in the world am I talking about? And it was him, and he said, you know, I, I came to your meeting. You ministered to me. It was accurate. That's exactly what they told me at the hospital. Went back, I, I told him I'll be back Monday. I went back Monday, and they said, everything's perfect. I don't know what you did. You know, God even heals erratic fluid levels in the liver. Whether he gave him a new liver or repaired the old one, doesn't matter to me. He got his miracle. See, but that's miraculous. That's my point to that. So now let's uh, let me read a couple other translations of verse one. Um, one translation says, "I do not want you to be unaware." There's a lot of churches. The Holy Ghost, if he showed up, they wouldn't know what to do with him, or how to. Get, when it comes to these things, the gifts of the Spirit, but they're for when? Now, don't ever forget that. Direction. Four or five times in this whole chapter, I'm not going to do your homework. He says, "Now, now, 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 now." In the one chapter, 1 Corinthians 12, he's trying to get something over to it. These things he's writing about are for us right now. Pastor Dennis hit on that about the uh, ministry of helps, which is listed in this chapter, and how every minister of helps has a certain level of anointing right now. If they tap into it. Part of it's being under a covering like myself or wherever they go to church, being under their pastors, and that anointing flows down to them. Hallelujah. Here's another one. I thought this was interesting out of the New Living. And now, dear brothers and sisters, I will write about the special abilities the Holy Ghost gives to each of us. The special abilities. Now, I think the Amplified says a supernatural endowments or endowments of supernatural energy. So isn't that the anointing? So we want to talk about this one particular one. I'm going to read on now. Uh, starting in verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, the prophet with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of knowledge, to another the word of uh, wisdom, I had those backwards, by the same Spirit, to another faith, and it should read special faith. This is not the faith that you get saved with. This is not the measure of faith that everybody has because you're born again. But this is a special a special endowment of faith that comes on you you just couldn't, couldn't not believe. If that's on you, by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healings, it should be in the plural, I don't know why they didn't translate it right, but anyway, by the same Spirit, and to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, and to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues, but all these worketh that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man, it should read individually as he will. Now, that could... It, it's not severally like we think a bunch together, although some people do have multiple giftings and multiple offices sometimes. But one will end up being a predominant office, or you forfeit both of them probably because you don't get obedient. Hallelujah. And then I want us to look at verse 28 and 29. We're talking about the working of what? Miracles. Notice it's in the plural, miracles. So 
there's all kinds of different miracles that God can do. Uh, Pastor Luke referred to uh, that $105,000. That's a miracle. Yeah. Pastor Dennis just built a building. How much did you, your youth building cost in children's meeting? Uh, half a million dollars paid cash for it. How, what's the expense on your new budget for your new building? 700000 He's paying cash for that. They'll have it done this year, they say. I'm going to go down with Pastor Diana. We're going to hoop, holler, take a lap, dance, and preach. Take our booty and everything. We Those are financial breakthroughs. Guys that lost me a check in the door, $43,600. That was a breakthrough. And then other supernatural things. Those were miracles. All right. But they're not all financial. Some are healing miracles, deliverance miracles, or things that you've just struggled to get beyond. You can get behind it and beyond it tonight. If you need to get it, you can get it. All right. Look at verse 28. And God said some... Not, not everyone is a fivefold minister, but he says some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, which those last two I just read would operate in the evangelist op, uh, ministry office, but of course miracles operate uh, in the prophet's ministry, in the apostle's ministry, and can operate in other ministries. Though it's more, more, more prominent in, I would say, the evangelist, the prophet, and certainly the apostle. But uh, pastors could have miracles. Even a layperson could have some working operation of that, and God would anoint you to do things. And then he says helps. That's anything you do to help the fivefold. Governments, which is the pastoral office, and diversities of tongues. Are, and then he says verse 29, are all apostles? No, but some are. Are all teachers? No, but some are. And then he says, they're all workers of miracles. But I say, no, but some are. Hallelujah. So we're talking about the working of miracles tonight. So I want to read to you something Brother Hagen uh, he talks about. It's an old article from Dr. Dufresne's old newsletter. This was in 2004 when he sent this out. And the prophecy, Brother Hagen gave it in 1975. And it just spoke volumes to me, has for many years. And when I teach on the gifts, I usually quote from him. Time has come to tell some things, for quick work must be done. If that was in 75, how much more today? And attention must be drawn unto the power of God. Like Pastor Dennis was talking about the power of God on all the ministry of health. People come in, they're excited. People that are greeting them are excited. They're going to get something, talk, conveying that, you know, whether it's a smile or or words, or both. He says, attention must be drawn to the power of God and the manifestation of His Spirit. Then he goes on here down later and says, as thou dost move forward in the things of the Spirit, then greater manifestations shall be given unto thee. What I'm asking you is, are you moving out in whatever He's given you thus far? And there's a learning curve in all the things, especially things of the Spirit, because it's so out there sometimes. That's why you need a mentor to help correct that. You know, one of my sons called me, and, and, and I learned it I learned it from Dr. Dufresne and learned it from the Holy Ghost, too, about my preaching. And he called me and said, you know, I was preaching long about the anointing, and, uh, and he said, I went ahead and preached another 20 minutes, uh, and they said, that anointing left me. Dad, what, what did I do wrong? I said, you preached right through it. Preach right through it because whatever you're saying is so vital, you think. And God was trying to stop you to minister, minister to that guy in the fourth row with a brown suit on. I've done that once uh, or twice maybe and had to repent. That's the last time he had to deal with me about it. Because when I said, Oh, what'd you say? He said, I'm not going to discuss it with you. you. You violated me and quenched my spirit. You dismiss him and come home. Okay. And I said, I'll never let that happen again, Father, with your help. Hallelujah. There are times you can preach a little longer, but we're talking about things here. Uh, so he says, Know this, that a greater anointing to manifest the same gift can be granted, and thou dost even, uh, and, and that you can do even more than you have done as the Spirit wills and as the Spirit anoints. And then, then he continues to talk about this. This is really interesting here. And I, I've had.
this with me a long time, about 10 years, 11 years, this, this uh, newsletter from Dr. Dufresne with an article from Brother Hagen. And he goes on to say, but the church shall grow stronger and stronger and stronger, not the church will grow weaker and weaker and, and soar up beans and rice and get you a pup tent and get you a mountain you're going to buy to go live in a cave somewhere. No, Brother Hagen, he doesn't say all that. I'm saying that. But the church shall grow strong. And I know of a well-known ministry on TV. He's always selling canned goods that's going to last you six months or two years or whatever his deal is, some goofy thing. Like the church is going to go broke and be crippled or limping out of here when God comes. And the Bible says that we're going to go out of the glorious church, not having a spot or a wrinkle, freshly pressed. <laughs> and and, uh, and you got the power jet on us. You know, the Lord does washing all those spots and wrinkles out of it. Anyway, this is what he said that got my attention in this article. And the church is going to go stronger and stronger and stronger, and in these last days shall do exploits, and there shall be miraculous manifestations, listen to this, in the realm of healings and the working of miracles. Healings and the working of miracles. And then he goes down a little further and he says, and these manifestations shall come in greater frequency. Then he sums it up and says, but the working of miracles shall be in prominence in these last days. The working of miracles will be in prominence. Remember, the gifts of healings is a renewal of the body from a diseased condition, but it's not always, in fact, very rarely instant. It is a healing, but a miracle is an instantaneous manifestation of the power of God, and a miracle is in the creative order, a divine intervention in the ordinary course of nature. Hallelujah. So that's what I'm talking to you about here tonight, the working, the working of miracles. Are you listening to me? So what I want us to do, now let me give you the definition here. I probably already did just in what I said, but I have it written down. The working of a miracle is a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature. It's miracles defy reason. I was down at Pastor Dennis's bench. How many years ago, growing out legs? And a lady was sitting in a chair, and I grew her leg out. And a lady in the service didn't come forward for anything. Uh, she was in that service. She said, "My teeth grew together." She drew me a little diaphragm, a little diagram of what her mouth looked like before that happened and after. And the teeth grew together back in her mouth. I wasn't even praying about teeth. They grew, and they grew out, and they grew together. I can make a fortune as a dentist if I can do that every time. Miracles defy reason. Hallelujah. We had a guy in our church named Larry. And Larry was, uh, I liked him. He was a good person, but he just couldn't get settled. He's not stable. He's always up and down, in and out of the church. And he'd come for maybe a few months, and he's gone. I'd drifted away, you know, two or three, four, five, six months, come back to be there for two months, and he's gone. And one day he just vanished. We, he didn't call me and tell me where he went. We didn't hear from him. But two years later, I'm in a foreign country preaching. She's having dinner with her mother at a local restaurant. And Larry is coming to her from across the restaurant. And he's coming like this. And he's grimacing on his face. And, and the pastor said, Larry, what happened to you? He said, well, I guess you noticed I haven't been in church. And she said, yeah, we miss you. He said, well, I started driving an 18-wheeler truck down south. I got in a parking lot. And I was backing my cars out to park them. And I was on the one above the cab, which is about 12 to 15 feet above the ground. And I went to open the door and step back. And when I did, I, I, I fell straight down onto the pavement with both legs and feet. Broke every bone in both feet, my ankles. I've got pins and screws and bolts in me. I've been through, I don't know how many surgeries, maybe 10 or 12. He said, I've been in rehab for two years. I've been taking boots of high kicking medicine, which meant to me not Tylenol 3. I know if you feel that does you in, fine. But, I mean, that's play with it, in my opinion. Tylenol 3. That's like play with a drug addict. Either be a drug addict or don't be one. That's your call. But if you're going to be one, be a full-fledged one. For goodness sake. Not really. We don't endorse drugs here. We're still a substance abuser, and faith is the substance, though. <laughs> Hallelujah. But Larry, Larry couldn't walk, he, and he has this big uh, thing hanging around his 
disconnect and says, you know, I've got all this going on, steel, metal in my feet. If I go through this uh, airport barrier, it's going to beep everything and stuff like that. And he's just barely walking around. Well, she says, well, Larry, smartly, Michael, referring to me, has an anointing for bones. Why don't you come back? And she said, we're not mad at you. You know, Michael's got anointing for bones. And he came. He'd been back about six weeks, and I was up here at the pulpit preaching one day. I looked back, and the Lord said, call him up. I'm going to heal him. I said, Larry, come on up. God's going to heal you. He's back there where, where Ron Fosnight's sitting. Raise your hand, Ron. About that far back. And it seems like it takes him forever to get up to this altar. I mean, he's just barely walking, and his face indicates, I'm in severe pain. And this guy was a huge man. I don't have anybody in my church other than Howard Burke that kind of gives you a, a resemblance of him. He was tall. He was muscular. His arms were bigger than my thighs and harder than this pulpit. He's ex-bodybuilder, ex-drug addict, been shot, been stabbed. He's a mean Mama Joe Doogie in the natural. But he ain't so mean now that he's busted up. He's just barely walking. And I laid hands on him, and he fell out here. And I said, well, the Lord's, the angel's going to take care of the rest of this. And we just all stood and watched so people could see if they were up real close. And that angel lifted up his leg and twisted his ankle and pulled it and let it back down. Did the same thing with the other leg. You could physically see his leg come up. I saw the angel do it. I don't know if anybody else saw the angel, but I did. And he laid it back down. He laid there another 30 seconds, got up and walked back to his seat like this. How many were in that service? Look at the hands. That's a creative miracle. I mean, he's had surgeries. He's on medication, rehab, and all. And he jumped up and down on it later, you know. Took a lap. We jumped in behind him, ran with him. That's a creative miracle, my friend. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. We're going to run a couple more references before we pray. We're not going to. Uh, preach an extremely long time, but I do want to get a little word in you. And these scriptures will be very vital that we understand what the word is saying here. We uh, were at Pastor Cowan a couple years ago. I don't know exactly. Maybe Pastor Diana would know, but or Pastor Keith. It was five or six years ago, I'm guessing. He had me do a Sunday morning and a Sunday night. Sunday nights is Bible school, so I taught about spiritual fathers. Sunday morning, he said, can you teach something that helps... Uh, the people fund the vision. And I said, you know, I would thought about it, prayed about it, called him back and said, I got a message on angels and money. Would that be suitable for you? I mean, you know, I'd like to preach it if you give me permission. Because I know how angels work with us to help us get the money. He said, sure. So I preached on it, and, I, and I'm preaching about money and angels, and that place filled up with angels while I was preaching. The whole ceiling was covered with them. And when I led the congregation in general prayer, they just vanished. They just took their part and went to fulfill what we'd send them to do. And then the healing anointing hit me. And I said, that healing anointing's on me for bones right now. If you need help, get up here. And I don't know, Pastor Diana said I prayed for maybe 300 people. I didn't. Have, I, and I was practically running. I couldn't stop, you know what I mean, and just... Spent a lot of time with people, just hit them in the head, kind of, not hit them, but, you know, touch them, and went on. They had another 50 lined up, and I went back six times. And I got in the back room, and they had a lady back there, the t- our drivers. They they had two young men that work in the church, and they were our drivers for our meeting, picked us up at the Lowe's. We stayed at the Lowe's. Pastor uh, Cowan put us there. And they were in the back room with this lady, and she small smiles. I don't know who she is. And after I went in the bathroom to wash my hands, you know, after ministry, to people always, that's smart to do. Not that I think people are dirty, but you need to wash your hands after you minister to the sick. And if you go to the hospital, always wash them with some of that detergent in the bathroom if they have it. But certainly have some something. You don't want to go eat a hamburger with those hospital germ on you. Now, i just talking wisdom. And they said, tell Dr. Jacobs what happened. And the guy, before she could say anything, she said she could barely get to the altar. I didn't notice her. I was busy praying for people. You know, I'm not stopping. Well, what's that person doing? No, I'm just up here ministering, locked in. And they said she could barely get there. She's 40-some years old, had rheumatoid arthritis. We had to help her up and said when you touched her, she said by the time she got back to her seat, all the pain had left her and she was totally restored. 
And she looked at me and said, I can run. I said, run, sister, run. And we're in the green room. It's bigger than mine. But then she started running around in circles back there. <laughs> then I came back that night, and he brought a, a lady over to me and said, I want this lady to tell you what happened this morning. So I said, yes, ma'am. She said, my name's so-and-so. I was in your prayer line this morning. I had a bone spur on my neck that protruded out. She went like that, about that far, half of a thumb out, protruding. It's a bone spur. I don't know if you've ever had a bone spur, but they're very painful. A lot of times they cut them out if they're on your feet or other things. You know, they can give you medicine, but sometimes it's going to stay there unless you deal with it. And she said, when, before I got back to my seat Sunday morning, it had dissipated. Said, and she took my hand. She had dreadlocks, and she went, feel this. I said, well, it feels like a good neck. She said, yeah, a good neck. It's, it's not there anymore. It, it melted by the time I got back to my seat. See, we're talking about working a mir- an explosion. One translation said, a miracle is an explosion of energy that invades something or somebody. We had a guy call the church one time. I know I'm telling a lot of stories because the Lord told me to. He came one time. Uh, he called the church. He said, I want to, what did he say? I want to talk to Dr. Jacobson. And uh, Miss Donna Smart and my staff, they know what to say. He said, well, First of all, who are you? What is your name? And what is it you want him for? And so she wrote all that down. And she, he said, I'm going to take him to lunch. She said, well, I think that ought to be his decision, sir. I'll tell him you called. And what's wrong with you? <coughs> and I got prostate cancer. I had it at one time. I went into remission. Now it's all come back to worse than ever. Is that right, Donna? I, I said to her, well, you know, I'm not going to take him to lunch, even if he's paying He'll just sit there and give me his tale of woe. People that don't think right when they call the office, I know they don't think right about other stuff. And I don't have time. You know, I love people. I don't have time to you sit and tell me your tale of woe that's, you know, three hours long. The key is, I'm anointed. You're not. Let me come. I said, tell him we got healing school on Tuesday night at the time. Tell him come, and tell him if he's not in his seat when I get up to preach. If he comes in late, I'm not praying for him. He ain't got time to listen to at least one message. He, then he just needs to forget about getting healed from God. It's my way of doing it. Well, he came, and he was there. And I said, is the guy here that called and wanted to ask prostate? Yeah, it's me. And he, he kind of walked down this aisle over here, and I went over and laid hands on him. It's like we threw a grenade on him. It was over like right in this area. And the whole front row there and the part of the second row went out in the spirit. It out right, Brother Lev. And some people in this area were affected. It's like you threw a grenade by him, and it didn't make a sound, but we all felt it. Came back two weeks and said, I went back, Dr. Jacobs, it's all gone. Every bit of it. They tested every way they could. There's nothing there now. <clears throat> you know, that's a working of a miracle. All right. Now, you in uh, Acts 2 22, look at this. Ye men of Israel, hear these words Jesus of Nazareth. Notice he's not called Christ there because Christ is the power that's on Jesus. Now, I want you to pay close attention. Jesus of Nazareth, a man. Underline that term, a man. This is why Jesus said, the works I do, you can do also, if you're anointed. And like Pastor Keith taught us, if we'll receive the power that's being poured out, and that happens to be an area where God uses you, then you could be anointed to do whatever it is he's anointed you to do. I like to say it this way. The anointing is the power of God coming on flesh, to do what flesh can't do. I mean, no, I don't have the ability to kill cancer in and of myself, but if I speak to it and somebody believes what I'm saying, it will kill it. And a lot of times it takes mutual faith in some of these settings. Or occasionally when they're a baby Christian or very, very immature, a lot of times God will let me just, you know, minister to some people that come that are new to me just get everything off of them they need for a year or two. Because he's compassionate, and I am too. But then people have been with me five, six, seven, eight, ten years, never studied anything, never bought one CD on healing. I've been teaching it for 15, 30 years, really, in this church, off and on. The last 15 years, 12 of those, I had a healing school once a week. And we got a lot of material. People don't, just don't pay attention. They've been with me eight, ten years. They say all the right words when I got them in the back room, but they don't believe a thing they're saying. The Lord will say, told me many times, they're going to go home. They don't have it. I said, I know. They sound like it, though, don't they? 
Yeah, they sure do, but they don't have it. They're just mimicking you because you taught them, but they didn't take the time to study it themselves. Preaching strong here. Wonder why we bury people? That's exactly why. Distracted. Too busy. Well, I've heard Pastor Jacob teach all that healing stuff. You haven't heard Daily Squat yet. Oh, there's a whole lot to this that maybe people have heard me say, but they didn't really hear it, hear it, or they'd be living in it. Just talking to you, not mad at anybody. But I'd like to avoid all the tragedies in life for you if I could, but I know some of you are just going to pursue your frivolities and your recreations and never pay attention to me, and then I may have to bury you. I don't like to do that, but I will if I have to. I know one thing at funerals, I got everybody's attention. They didn't like weddings. Hallelujah. Oh, you'll get that about three in the morning, wake up screaming. Ah! Trying to show Jesus was a man, but he was an anointed man. But that identifies us in there, too. If we're men that are anointed by God, we can do the things that he said we could do. And that's why, because of the anointing. Notice that Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God, uh, among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did, not Jesus, which God did by him, by Jesus. See, we've got to realize it's God's power. He's, it's, it's kind of, I can say, on loan to us. <laughs> the, the anointing is something he trust, entrusts us with, if he can entrust, to be used by him, and it's his power flowing through us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Trying to help everybody that wants help tonight. It's important. Uh, let's uh, let's go to Acts 19 here. Acts 19. It'd help you go back over these scriptures when you have a moment or two. Make sure you do have a moment and meditate on them and keep thinking about them because they help us understand how we can move in signs and wonders and miracles. Acts 19:11. And God wrought. Who wrought it? God wrought special miracles, that one translates extraordinary miracles, by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought into the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Notice that God did it, but he did it through Paul. See, God's using people. We just have to realize that. You know, the problem becomes either when we think we're special, for, because of that, and that's bad. That's wrong. You get into haughtiness and arrogance. If we learn to need to be humble, but on the other hand of that, to be bold is not being is, is not being not humble. Yeah. I mean, you go, well, I could never do that. Well, you need to get a self-esteem adjustment, my friend. You need to read your Bibles and figure out you're in Christ or you're not. If you're in Him, you get everything He's provided for you. You need to walk in your righteousness. How many are really listening tonight? I, I'm, I'm trying to help it. And God wrought these miracles through the Apostle Paul. And as an Apostle, he has mighty signs and wonders. And I'm just showing you this, but it's God's power working through Paul. I don't remember what year that was, Retro Jones, you're sitting here. Uh, she had aneurysm in her brain. She took medication daily, if I, don't, if I remember correctly. And uh, how many years did you take that medicine? Huh? Don't know. A long time. And how many years you've been free of that? When we started the church, when Pastor Keith came? TSU. I came one time. I called her up. She fell out. I said, get her back up. When she did, I hit her and prayed for her again. She fell out. And she wrote me the great, she got an email from her. I had a brain aneurysm. And it caused me to have headaches constantly. I was taking medicine to sleep at night. But that night when I went home, I didn't take any medicine, not to be rebellious towards the doctor. I just didn't need it. And after a couple of weeks, she realized, hmm. So she goes back to her doctor, and I think if I got your story right, he either told you or you went to a, a head person that he did more extensive examination and said it's gone. The aneurysm's gone out of your brain. You know, if you have an aneurysm and it bursts, you're in big trouble. That's where people have strokes or they stroke out or they have other impairments in their body, paralysis and all kinds of stuff like that. And the, he said the thing's gone. It's not, it doesn't even show up in the MRI. That's a miracle. What did God do with that? I don't care. 
death was swallowed up by life. That's the way I like to say it. I was at Pastor Dennis's one time, and I had a word of knowledge. That is, is one of the things that operate in me. And when the Lord called me, the word of knowledge, that seems to be the predominant thing, as well as my healing anointing now is a little, a little stronger. I'm not going to go down that trail too deep with you. But uh, I said, there's somebody here who has something wrong with your heart. Nobody came. So I said to the people, you know, if somebody doesn't respond to them, and I'm moving on because I learned the hard way to go ahead and do that because this is what happened to me. Church after church after church, I'd have a word, and for whatever silly reason, somebody didn't respond. And then when the pastors put me in the car, they run up to the car, hey, Pastor Jacobs, that was me. I said, what do you mean that was me? Well, you described me in there. Why didn't you come for prayer? Oh, I was embarrassed. You were embarrassed? Well, the anointing's not on me now. Go your way. Be healed if you can receive it. Best I can do for you, sister or brother. So I'm like that in my mindset now, and, and this happened to me repeatedly where I gave something very definitive and nobody came. Of course, you know, you wonder about yourself sometimes like that, and then people would confirm, well, that was me. Yeah, I said it was a little toe on the left foot, and that was you, and you didn't know that was you? What's the matter with you? No, you know it's you. You're just embarrassed for God's trying to heal you, and you're fighting it. You're resisting, like Pastor Keith, you're resisting that anointing. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody praying for their toe. Then occasionally we get in deliverance. I may say something a little stronger, but I don't ever tell everybody publicly what I'm seeing. Because some of it the people couldn't handle anyway. So anyway, I, I, I'm thinking to myself, I'm, I'm thinking and internally, I'm saying, Lord, I'm going to move on here. He said, no, you're not. I said, okay, I'm not. Who's got the heart issue? Come on. I know you're in here. I know you're in here. Nobody responded. And the Lord said, you can't go on if you don't get this. Corrected. I said, okay, here we are. We're going to stay. And finally, the guy was standing about six, eight feet from me over here, Steve Walker. He goes to Pastor Dennis's church. He goes, well, I think that's me, Dr. James. I said, what's wrong with you? Get over here. <laughs> no, he was going to catch for me. So he was up paying attention on the alert with his job that, you know, help take care of things. But he said, I've got hardening of the artery. He's 52 years old. I didn't have a clue. I just said, there's something to do with the heart, and I prayed for him. He was on medication. He's 52. He's had hardening of the artery since he was 21 years old. He went back to the, there's a group of physicians that deal with cardio stuff. And, uh, you know, they can thin your blood and help it get through your veins easier. But he had a lot of cloggage in there. And so he, and they rechecked him and said, everything is clear. And so he got a Holy Ghost Roto-Rooter job on his arteries. And he said to the doctors, how often do you see this? Of course, you know, all the physicians and specialized ones particularly, they read worldwide uh, practice on cardio stuff if you're a heart doctor. If you're a foot doctor, you'd read up on magazines that have to do with feet. And they said, we've never heard of this being reversed, ever. You've had it over 21 years. You're 52 now, or 30 years, however long that is. So we've never, ever seen this before. See, the Holy Ghost just wrote a rooter out. I don't know how he did that. Put a little guy in a spaceship inside there with a blade on the front of his spaceship. <laughs> but like Pastor Luke told Lana last night, I've thought this before, the anointing in our lives that heals people that I have and many others will go in and will heal you like that guy's prostate. He didn't lose his bladder and his intestines through chemo or radiation. God just targeted that uh, area in his prostate that had the can't remove all the cancer cells and let the prostate be normal. Or he gave him a brand new one. I don't care. He was healed. I did have the Lord give a new one to a lady in California in the Simons Church. Told that miracle before. She had it surgically removed. Part of it. Two-thirds of one lung. And... Uh, came to my meeting, they saw a little premature. She'd just been out of the hospital a couple days. And, I, and I'd forgotten I'd even said it. I tapped her on the foot when she fell out, and I said, God's giving you a new lung, lady. And then I just went on to the next one. That's Tony said she went back to her surgeon after six-week checkup, and he goes, lady, you got a brand new lung in here. I took it out. What happened to you? 
lesser thing. But you can get a miracle, too, if you need it. That would be more in the creative order. Um, Here's some other translations of this. No, he does these things because you hear the good news and believe it. Mm-hmm. Because you have heard about Christ. This is the contemporary English version. Because you've heard about who? Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. I'm adding that. And have faith in him. If you have faith in him tonight, you can get a miracle. New Living Translation says, of course not. They're still talking about whether you received by the working of the law or faith, of course, of course not, you don't receive by works. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ, about that anointing. Hallelujah. Now let's go to one last passage in Acts 4, and this is what I would encourage you pastors to do. Of course, if you don't have the working of miracles, you can still pray this for your church, or maybe God will raise you up once you talk about it enough, but you can't make God do things that are what? As the Spirit will. Praise the Lord. You know, I don't remember asking God about any of the gifts other than the fact I was with Dr. Summerall one time. I was with him a few times, but one time Pastor and I went to his church at a camp meeting in South Bend, Indiana. Jessica, my daughter right here, she's uh, 35 years old today. She was one or two, two years old. That's 33 years ago. I was seated way in the back. We had our baby. We had our carrier, I think. And he said, if you're a pastor, stand up in here. And I stood up, and there was pastors all over that facility. And he said, you need the gift of interpreting of tongues. Take it. Okay, you got it. Sit down. And I said, I take it. I just verbally said, I didn't yell it. I just said, I receive it. And ever since that day, I've been able to interpret tongues. I I just simply said, I'll, I'll receive it. If the man of God said I could have it, he said, the pastors need it. And I said, well, I'm listening. He knows more about God than I do. This was 33 years ago. But for the rest of them, I've just been open to them, and they began to come. Not all at once. It came gradually. Then then I had the two, uh, I had a vision, uh, not a vision. I was praying in 2000, and uh, I don't remember. I think it was 2008, and God had woke me up early. He said, get up and go living and pray. I prayed about 50 minutes in other tongues. The Lord said, I'm giving you ministry for lungs, uh, for healing of COPD, bronchial problems, asthma, and even cancer. And we got a guy in the Owings Church. He had a severe heart, I mean a severe lung issue. He wasn't able to function very well healthy-wise to do much. And the last time I was with him, he was funny. Because I got an angel works with me. He's got a finger that lights up. And that's the only way I know to explain. I'm not trying to be funny. But this guy got me tickled. He came up and said, you know E.T. that works with you? <laughs> you know the movie E.T.'s got a light that, in his finger? And he said, when you prayed for me last time you were here, Dr. Jacobs, you said that angel was doing this across my chest. I said, I sure did. And he said, you know, I, I'm just a new man. My breath, my my energy level, my oxygen levels, everything's changed about God just supernaturally healed him. And the angel's not called E.T., but he's just using that as a joke because I said he had a lot. It really looks like a laser shooting out of his fingers, what it looks like. But this is the way it comes. And when I'm looking at people and I'm in the spirit, their lungs will look gray or dark gray or even a few times black. And he'll just take his finger and start moving it across that lung. And as he does, it becomes clear. Like he's, I don't know how to explain That's the way I perceive it when I'm looking through the spirit. It's like he's clearing everything out of it. That's the only way I know. And we've had people who all over the earth. Even had a little boy born deformed in his chest cavity in Costa Rica. <laughs> he was healed in my meeting. And he was standing in the corner when he got home going. And Ma, his mother says, what are you doing? He's about nine years old. He said, Mama, Mama, I'm healed. And she said, well, sure you are. Well, he was just enjoying breathing. Normal. He's not... <coughs> Trying to struggle for breath, and when he, before I pray for him, he's got like that. He's just struggling constantly. And then I saw that angel came.
word their threatenings, and grant unto your servants with all boldness they may speak thy word uh, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. So we can include miracles in that too, can be done, uh, and we need to be praying for that. That signs and wonders be done. Thank you for joining us today. To view Dr. Jacobs' travel itinerary, order products, and more, please visit cotrin.org slash mjm.